Hi, this is Heidi McDonald with More to Come, Publishers Weekly's podcast of the world of comics and graphic novels. I'm at Comic-Con, and you're not, but it's so exciting here. I'm standing here talking to Eric Powell, creator of The Goon, which is one of the most beloved franchises coming out from Dark Horse Comics. And Eric, it's exciting. You're here in your booth, and you've just launched a new miniseries, correct? Yes. And tell me about it. It's uh, called The Goon Occasion of Revenge. It's uh, the first uh, issue of uh, a new miniseries. We've switched to a miniseries format. And uh, it's, it's a pretty big storyline in the mythology of The Goon. It leads up to some pretty uh, epic circumstances and a, and a major change within the character's world. Wow. Now, how long? When, when, when did The Goon first come out? Uh, 1999. Wow. Yeah, so we just celebrated our, our 15th uh, anniversary, actually. Wow. Now, how do you how do you keep it fresh? I mean, you know, it's like a marriage. You're, yeah. you're sticking with the goon this whole time. But, I mean, you have done many different formats yeah. and many different things. What, what keeps drawing you back to this character? Well, I, I set out from the beginning to do a book that I could do any kind of thing that I wanted. If I wanted to do something that was sad, if I wanted to do something that was funny, you know, or crime or science fiction, whatever. So um, I think that's what makes it fun for me. And it's the same thing with the art uh, in the book. I always experiment with styles and, uh, and different ways to, uh, to approach the art. And uh, all of that stuff, I think, keeping variety to it keeps it fresh for me, and I think it also keeps it fresh for the readers because they don't. You can't pick up an issue of the book and know what you're going to get. You have to, you know, it could be any, you know, anything. Right. I think that's kind of like what makes a lot of classic comics characters fresh, though. I mean, even if you think of like, you know, comic strip characters, who like they ran for. 10, 20, 30 years. It was yeah. almost like familiar stuff, but then it would be a new situation, right? Yeah. So, um, did you? Uh, but you've tried a lot of different things to do. I mean, I know you've done a you did a Kickstarter campaign to make a, a to make a movie, or what was what was that? What did you do? Well, we we optioned the goon. Uh, the goon was optioned a few years ago by uh, Blur Animation and David Fincher, and they did a bunch of beautiful test animation for it uh shopped it around we kept getting the same responses oh this is great this is beautiful this looks awesome uh we don't know because there aren't any other animated movies like this so they were everyone just seemed a little afraid of it um but the fans were really adamant about it and thought it looked great so um they kept coming to me over facebook and twitter email all that stuff going hey do a kickstarter do a kickstarter and, you know, I was discussing it with the, the guys at Blur, and, you know, it was pretty unrealistic to say we're going to fund a, a theatrical movie over Kickstarter. But uh, Jeff Fowler at Blur mentioned, well, what if we kickstart something we actually can fund, like doing an animatic of the entire movie? And it helped us, you know, get a step further in the process and also give us something that we could hand to, you know, studios on a DVD. And it's like, you don't have to read a script. Here's what the whole movie is going to be like. You don't have to use your, you know, some of those guys have a problem using their imagination, so, you know, give them something where they don't have to use that much. Yeah. Uh, so we did that a couple years ago, and it, it you know, we, it was very successful. So we actually just did the first full edit of the animatic um, uh, 
about a month ago, and we're doing tweaks right now. So, so because of that, you made a fully, fully animatic, which for tra- any listeners who don't know is, is sort of like a rough breakdown in animation. It would be the equivalent of that, yeah. right? It's, a, it's it's like a really crudely animated right, movie. It's right. got it's got you know Tim Tim voices and soundtrack and all this effects and everything in it, but uh, the animation is kind of like crudely done. It gives you more of an idea of what the thing is going to be rather than just it's not a finished product. Right. right. Yeah. Now, do you, so so when this, now you're in a position where you're going to take the animatic and show it to more people, more studios, or and try to get the funding to make yeah, this movie? We're on the, we're on the verge of, of throwing it out into the world and right. trying to get uh, some people behind it. So, right. so yeah, this is a, a studio. the goon is on the verge. That's the headline here, that's right? <laughs> so that's really exciting. But, um, I mean, what is it for you? Have you had a booth here before? Is, or? Yeah, this is like my... Yeah, that, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry to show my ignorance, but like I, I become so tired walking yeah. through the hall. <laughs> You're very lucky to be standing behind a booth, I feel. Um, so what changes have you seen in Comic-Con? I mean, oh you see, God. like... All of it. <laughs> <laughs> I, my, I think the first Comic-Con I went to was in 90, either 94 or 95, which would make it 20 years ago now. Oh, oh all right, yeah. Uh, yeah, <laughs> so... Yeah. Um, it, it went from being a giant comic book show to a citywide event now. It's pouring out into the streets, you know. Obviously, you've got all the movie stuff that's become a part of it, and uh, so many other forms of entertainment are now getting involved. So it's still good for comics. I mean, it's, it's still, you know, a lot of people complain because it's so diverse now with the, the you know, movie studios and television and all that kind of thing. But, you know, it's still draws people in here. People right. are getting exposed to the goon that have never seen it before because they're here to see something about a movie or something else. And so I still see it. It's still, you know, it's all a good thing. To <laughs> right. That's great. Um, what, what, uh, um, see, I'm having a total, okay, cut this out. <laughs> uh, what do you, you just mentioned something very interesting when they said, oh, nobody makes an animated movie like that. But I, I feel like even in like the past five years, maybe it's because of the internet or Tumblr culture. I mean, I feel like there's so many more styles and so many things and I mean you've always had a you know very distinctive style uh, but beautiful I mean your artwork is so you know well realized and beautiful and you know painted and um, but I mean I could see how maybe somebody in Hollywood would look at it and say oh no but I but do you feel like maybe that that there's more openings for a style that's like yours that's a little bit off the beaten path but well I really I, I really feel like because of that stuff, like you're saying, the the, the culture. I mean, Comic Con's a living proof of it. There's so many. There's a whole demographic out there now that would accept animation that's not like kid aimed. You know, right. it's like the Adult Swim kind of thing is taking off. There's so many. You know, there's a whole generation now that grew up on anima- on animation and they're willing to accept it in different formats. You know, right. and not just a kids, you know, oriented. You know, dancing animals kind right. of thing. Um, I, we just haven't had uh, the property that has busted that, you know, glass ceiling. Yet, you know, and I think I think the goon could do that. I think it, it could. It's 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 a, you know funny. It's got a lot of action. You know, I think it, it could be really appealing to a broad group of people. Mm-hmm. Right. I just think you know someone in Hollywood is some studio is going to have to have the guts to to be the one to go like all right we're going to change things we're going to actually be able to put out you know we're going to show the world that or the US that um, you know there's a there's 
you know, the culture is ready to... To bust out. Yeah. Um, who are some of your idols in cartooning? I mean, you talked about, you know, creating a character that you can do any kind of story with. I mean, who are some of the people that you look at and, you know, you think that, that you emulated as far as your career goes? Well, there's, um, as far as, like, my actual career and, like, planning, you know, the steps I want to take and everything, uh, Jeff Smith and Mike Mignola are, as far as business goes, they're my prime examples. Like, right. I followed their kind of, you know, do something, do it well, stick to it, keep it coming out, you know, and, and don't, you know, uh, spread yourself out too thin. Right. You know, I see a lot of guys, they'll, they'll do a book, it'll get kind of popular, and then they'll go off and do something else. And, you know, and all the momentum that they had, they lose. Mm-hmm. Um, so I really use them as, as examples. Um as far as like art, you know, just being a cartoonist goes, um, a lot of the EC guys really influenced me. Wally Wood, Jack Davis, you know, and Will Eisner, those the guys from that kind of era. Um, that the art from that time really, for some reason, appeals to me. Interesting. Um, you know, Eric, I have to say, I've, I've probably met you briefly in the past, but this is the longest conversation we've had. <laughs> And I've seen, usually when Dark Horse does a uh, retailer presentation, they have you doing some kind of wild and crazy <laughs> video. And you're actually very, like, thoughtful. And, <laughs> what's I going? don't sound like the redneck in No, this. what's yeah. going on here? Uh, yeah, I, it's, it's, it's a pretty common uh, response I get from people that come up to the table. They'll be like, they'll either say, they say something along the lines of, wow, you're... you're Way nicer than I thought you would be. <laughs> so I guess I, I guess I played up the redneck uh, persona a little bit too much, maybe. Yeah. Well, they're very yeah. funny. They do break up the the retailer presentations, which can be. But I always say that that's not hard to do because those things are so boring. Anything you do can you know will get a huge response. Uh, I know my retailer friends that listen to this podcast, so I won't respond to Eric's comment. <laughs> but um, well, that's cool. So um, so uh, occasion of. Revenge. Revenge. Okay, so Revenge is coming out. How many issues is it? It's uh, four issues. Mm-hmm. And then... It will be immediately followed by another four-issue miniseries. Right. Of what would that be called? Do we have a title yet? Uh, I have a... It, it's going to be entitled Occasion of Revenge 2, uh-huh. although I'm thinking of changing it, actually. Um, I have another title in mind that I think will work really well. Ah, and okay. be le- maybe less confusing to people than if I put... You know, right. a sequel title to it. Right. So, but in other words, you're keeping on with the Goon Empire. Yeah, <laughs> keeping it going. Well, I think your fans are very grateful that you're still keeping with it, and you know, turning out such strong, strong work. And and uh, good luck with the animatic. That's very in, um, entrepreneurial, and it'd be very interesting to see where that goes. Thanks. Keeping my fingers crossed. Right. Thank you, Eric. Hi, this is Heidi McDonald. Uh, I am live from Comic Con. Uh, with Richard Starkings, the creator, owner, runner, uh, mastermind behind Comicraft, the lettering uh, superpower, and also uh, the writer on Elephant Men, which is a long-running series at Image. And uh, here you have a new compendium out, I understand. I do, yes. We have uh, the first two and a half volumes compressed into one beautiful, uh, less than an inch thick Wow. It's called Mammoth, and it uh, collects most of the artwork of Morita, who is the artist on the uh, first two years of the series. It also has uh, Captain Stoneheart, The Truth Fairy, by Joe Kelly and Chris Picello. Ah, nice. It has some of Chris Burnham's first work. 
it has David Hine, um, who else is in there, and uh, Marion Churchland writing for Marley's, our co Marion Churchland just announced a new series yes, of Image today. that's right, that's right. Well, you were, I saw you at Image Expo, actually, and you, I was were, there. you were working on the new book by Kurt Busiek and Benjamin Dewey. We're nice. working on Tooth and Claw, yes. yes we yes. Basically, we didn't know about it two weeks ago, but they put together <laughs> a five-page uh, preview for the Image giveaway at the Expo, so... Yes, we, d- we don't know much more about it than you do, although I, I do know that Kurt's been talking to me about that book for about 10 years. He's mentioned it, so well, looking forward to that. You've been a, a steady listener, I'm sure. Now, Richard, you are, um, I mean, you are known probably, most people think of you as a letterer, to be honest, and you were probably, in fact, Richard, you know, confession, Richard and I go way back. Um, you were probably the first person to talk to me about electronic lettering, which, of course, is now industry standard. Yes, it is. It, but um, Was I a pioneer, Heidi? Yes, I believe you were actually a pioneer. Um, but I, I, so I, mean, I think it's fair that people think of you with your lettering because it was so pioneering. But, like, your writing is definitely... I mean, Elephant Men's been around for quite a while, right? We are coming up to our 60th issue, and that's not counting one-shots and miniseries. Um, but, yes, I think amongst people of our era, Heidi, people think of me as Mr. Comicraft. But you'd be surprised how many people now, because I've been doing Elephant Men 10 years, um, are surprised when they know that I'm attached to Comic Craft. Because now Comic Craft has also it's almost become synonymous with comic book fonts, which, of course, that's what we've promoted, because we have the biggest library of comic book fonts in the world. So... Um, my readers are mostly younger readers, 18 to 28, so they're not really aware of my legacy of lettering work and know of me as a writer and say, what else have you written? Which is very flattering, of course, but this is my sort of, my baby, my... So you don't, like, think, oh, I'm going to pitch to Marvel to write Silver Surfer? No, and I, I was approached recently by a company who may or may not be... Uh, directly across from me and it may have or may not be a project that I may or may not have signed a non-disclosure agreement I about. see, I see. All so right. uh, it is nice that I have been approached by a couple of publishers but quite frankly Elephant Men, you know, John Lehman and I, John Lehman writes too, we were talking about how a writer might not do as much physical work as an artist but we're so, we, as a creator owner, you have to invest so much time in doing shows, doing podcasts, doing interviews, and you're the voice of a book, and that aspect of it is extremely draining and tiring. So I can't even imagine having room in my head to write for another series, unless it was a series for Image Comics with Shaker Kane, perhaps, that we might be announcing soon. Ah, I see, I see. Well, there was a lot of, uh, uh, you know, very strong announcements at Image today. Uh, I mean, having Kurt Busiek uh, at Image is yep. obviously very exciting. Of course, you know, Astro City started at Image. I was going to say back at Image, yeah. actually. So, so and actually, when they said, uh, I, I think a lot of people were excited that... Uh, uh, Gabriel Hardman and Karen Bechko were doing a book, but they also already did image. So a lot of it was just people who are, uh, we, you know, are experienced with that. But I mean, let me let me ask you. And I mean, you know, this is a prying question, but you don't have to obviously answer it as best you can. But um, I mean, you've been with Image for ten years, as yep. you just mentioned. And like nowadays, I really do see like people are like oh, the first issue sells fifty thousand copies, and you know what? That's a pretty nice payday. But but even ten years ago, it was a little bit more 
more of a struggle. And, you know, some people have posted online about how doing an image book, if it doesn't hit certain numbers, it is definitely not quite the cash cow uh, that it used, to, it used to be. Now they're really selling quite well. But, I mean, how did you manage it during maybe a leaner time? Um, you know, we had good numbers. It's funny because the... Uh, you know, I know what a lot of people's initial numbers are, and I always say to them, well, that's 10,000 more than, than me, or 10,000 less than me. You know, it, it depends who you are, because, um, you know, there, there is still a market perception with Image that they're the new Vertigo, and those, I think, are the titles that do well. The titles that might have done well at Vertigo five or ten years ago, but Vertigo and DC are not as open to those books and the opportunities for creators, especially with Brian K. Vaughan, who made his name in DC on books like Pride of Baghdad, Why the Last Man, which you may have been involved yes, with at some extent. perhaps. And, um, you know, I think that that kind of vibe now, Image didn't used to have be a home for Vertigo-style titles, and now I think that it is, but it, it also has the opportunity to do superheroes, it has the opportunity for you to do horror, it has the opportunity for you to do science fiction, and you got to remember, 10 years ago, I was pretty much the only science fiction comic at Image. Now, there are 10 or 20. Brandon Graham is doing <laughs> a dozen books. Right, well, you know, fiction. that little movement people had a few years yeah. ago, it was like, why do we do science yeah. fiction comics? So I'm, I'm sort of doing... Are you going to cancel this book and just start over? Uh, what do you mean, Justin Dorman? Nah, there we go. That was a guest appearance by Moritat, the artist on many fine elephant men issues anyway. So, um, so you know, I think that uh, I had what I feel were good numbers, but um, as anyone will tell you, you can launch a series and there are some strong series at Image. There are also a lot of mini-series at, at Image. But uh, to keep going... And to not announce a new team, to not announce, you know, a complete reboot or take a break, that is all about passion and determination. Right. That's absolutely Which, you know, I am old. When I hear uh, creators complain about the deals at DC or Marvel or any of the major publishers, you know, come and eat a slice <laughs> of my cake where, you know, really I am my own PR machine. I'm here at the booth, I'm managing the booth, I'm <laughs> arranging for all the prints that we have yeah. uh, for San Diego, and, um, you know, walk a mile in my shoes. Right, right. Well, I mean, that's it. But I, I think what's really, I mean, I'm the same way, uh, you know, I have my own little business yep. that I, and here's the beautiful logo that I have that was designed by Comicraft. Yeah, beautiful, brilliant. On the back of your phone. Yes, it's, it. it's brilliant. But, um, you know, there's a lot of satisfaction with that. And, and by the way, I, I, I'll have to take some photos because the, you have a new series of prints. You have Dave Gibbons doing the Elephant Man. This Frank Quietly, is that new? That is, that is, he's got a t-shirt. It's a stunning, stunning image. So. Um, Tim Sale, uh, Ladron, of course. Uh, Carlos Escara did a little 2018 crossover image for us. Uh, Joe Linsner, he did the back cover of our new trade paperback. Show Morales, who's an absolute fantastic oh, yeah, yeah, artist. Yeah. Uh, that, was, that was the first one to sell today. Shaky Kane, we did a digital collection that had a digital cover that we've done as a print. Uh, and Axel and Jeff Scott Campbell. Uh, and the, the banner, we actually have a print of that as well, which is by Nick Bradshaw, who's artist on Wolverine the X-Men, and oh, yeah, now, yeah. now in Newman's, I think. So, so uh, the, the art is stunning. I mean, you just heard us talk about it, so I'll try to get some images to go with this podcast. But um, 
Uh, you know, it, uh, is it fair to say maybe it's in the European style? Is that accurate? Or I think I sort of blessed and cursed with the European sensibility. You know, I've worked in American well, comics, but I was raised <laughs> right. by British comics and European comics. And, uh, you know, I think uh, Brandon has done a great job at sort of synthesizing an American sensibility with a European sensibility. Uh, I've worked, I think I've worked in American comics long enough to write with an American voice, but of course I have. My preferences are right across the board. Right. So I love, you know, I'm actually, uh, Nick is a Canadian artist, Marion is a Canadian artist, show is uh, Spanish Japanese. But I, I see a lot more of what they're calling the world style now because everybody is very much influenced by a lot Deviant, of people. But you know, we have Deviant Art, we have ways of getting your work seen on the web that we didn't have 20 years ago, and I think the whole idea of the portfolio is completely different today. How are you going to get more to race? He never got paid in the first place. What are you talking about? <laughs> All right, Kate, cut that out. But anyway, um, do you? Uh, so what? What is? What is your next goal for 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 Comicraft or for Elephant Man? What's the next goal for Richard Starkey? Well, um, you know, Elephant Man has been optioned by Zeka That's Productions, right. That's right. and there is some progress, which of course I can't talk about. Right. So, okay. and that has actually working with Janet for the last three years on a treatment for the movie has taught me so much about storytelling. Just do a little pause. So, um, so also there might be a media, media, uh, you know, experience for Elephant Man. Yes, but you know, sort of my uh, role models are people like uh, the Hernandez brothers and Dave Sim from the '80s, who were doing their own thing and not sort of worrying about career moves. Um, you know, or you know Terry Moore right over there. You know I love Rachel Rising, and, I, and actually Rachel Rising gave me hope that you can be attached to one property, uh, put it on hold, and then do another property because Rachel Rising is so different from Strange in Paradise, so brilliant. Same with Jeff Smith, who did Bone and now is doing Rassel. So. But I, I, I realize now why when Garth Ennis was doing Preacher, he wasn't doing many other books. Same with Neil on Sandman. He did Sandman and then he sort of branched out. Because you have to put so much work into world building and you can't really concentrate on anything else. Yeah. When you're doing that. I'm doing this series with Shaky because Shaky Kane has done three single story issues of Elephant Man and somehow we work really well together. So we got talking about doing something that wasn't the elephant man and that has evolved into the series we're doing called the beast so so that's sort of the next step but I don't think in terms of next step did you did you are you an artist yourself yes because I was going to say the character is so iconic I mean you know the, the hippopotamus is, I mean, he's so stunning. I mean, every artist who works on him brings their own interpretation to it. I mean, they do bring it, but I'm also uh, uh, maybe a little bit of a micromanager, and I, I have a very specific look for all the characters because. You know, even when working with the drone, we did a whole art book called Unhuman about the development of the character because I had a very specific look that wasn't like Black Sad where you have smaller heads on human bodies. I wanted them to look and feel like big animals because they're all big African animals. And um, even today working with Axel, 
on the regular series, I do page breakdowns just because that's the easiest way for me to communicate because I'm more of an artist than a writer in certain ways. Um, you know, and I'm a designer too. So, you know, anyone that works on a creative property of their own, I think you have to sit down and draw at some point. Well, I think you've done a lot of things that are very successful, obviously, or you wouldn't have lasted 10 years with it. So, uh, well, Richard, I wish you continued success, and thank you so much for taking thank the you. time. Thank you. Take care.